Hi, this is Ben Lowell with Back to the Bible Canada and Truth and Life Today with Dr. John Newfeld and Isaac Dagno of Indoubt Ministries. And this is our second episode in our series of discussions around the Reformation. And I think you found that uh, if you watched last week that there's so much to be said about this and has such an incredible impact, not only 500 years ago, but, uh, but today for the church and for individual believers. So we're going to carry on in that conversation and uh, try and reveal and understand new things about the Reformation and how it impacts us, but also some of the history of the Reformation and how it, sh how it shaped the church and maybe some of the threats to the church today. John, help us understand a little bit historically now, what are some of the threats that we're identifying when we think about you know, what we believe to be true about the Reformation? Um, you know, I, Ben, I've often said that we shouldn't look at the Reformers as perfect human beings. I mean, Luther, in a very real way, never really got out of the Middle Ages and never did understand the, the idea of a believer's church. I mean, I just needed to say that. Um, and all of the wars that followed between Catholics and Protestants afterwards, yeah. I mean, this is, it's, it's a disgrace. Yeah. It has to be said for what it is. Having said that, there is a reason why we continue to trumpet what Luther did. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you can imagine him opening his Bible, Ben, and he's got Romans 1.17 before him. In it, in the gospel, a righteousness of God is revealed. And he stops there instead of, you know, many of us, when we read, you know, sentences like that, I don't get it anyway, just keep reading. Yeah. But he didn't get it either. And the church had taught him that everywhere that you find the phrase, the righteousness of God, you get God's punitive justice. God stands as righteous God, ready to judge unrighteous people. Mm -hmm. And yet, Luther's reading this and says, in the gospel, in the good news, we have the revelation of the righteousness of God. And he mm -hmm. stops and he says, I don't get it. And so he keeps on plowing deeper and deeper to answer that fundamental question. And he finds out that God is declared as righteous in the crucifixion of Jesus on the cross, whereby we're forgiven. Yeah. I mean, it just completely changes everything about what he had been taught up till that point in time. So I, if, you know, if there's something the Reformation teaches us, it teaches us not just to take the Bible very seriously, but it also teaches us that the God of the Bible is glorified in the death of his son. And that is, all of our sins were thrown onto him. And that when God took the initiative to hand his son over to death, mm -hmm. that the son bled and died for us so that I would not need to bleed and die for any of my sins. Therefore, there's nothing that I can do to earn or deserve salvation. All was wrought to me yeah. by God to his glory. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is just, I don't know that we get it today yeah. because you get people who are works oriented. We were having this discussion between us even before this began that there's a movement today which wants to see new perspectives on Paul and we want to deny justification mm -hmm. by faith. I mean, all of that stuff's going on. It's confused people. I think what we need to say to Reformation believers, get your nose back into the book, yeah. read less of N.T. Wright and read more of Romans, and you're going to get a lot yeah. better than before. You know, because it is really true, and I mean, we've met lots of people, and as I've traveled, I've met lots of people, people that have, have, have been in the church for many, many, many years, and I remember uh, one situation where uh, an elderly lady told me, I, I just can't believe in this, uh, that I'm saved by faith. 
uh, you know, there's got to be something I need to do because I feel so guilty. So there has to be something. So the Reformation from 500 years ago should really speak to us today. Yeah, and, and beyond that, the Reformation also says not only are you saved by grace through faith, even your faith is a gift of God. God gave you that. There is nothing that you can claim at all. So, I mean, it's, it's mm -hmm. the most amazing uh, doctrine mm -hmm. or message you can do nothing to earn or deserve your salvation, absolutely nothing. You either receive grace, and even when you say, yes, I want it, even that was given to you by God, so God is not going to share his glory with you at all. Okay, so a little bit off, off the side here, uh, because I think it's important, because there's likely people today that are watching that are in that position themselves. They feel like, I, I've lived a life that's just not worthy of what Christ has done for me, what do you say to those people? Well, they're absolutely right. They're not worthy. And they're, the best thing they've ever done in their life mm -hmm. is like filthy rags before God. It doesn't even come close mm -hmm. to getting them entrance into the kingdom of God. Yeah. We want to say, you know, you haven't sought God. You've sought your own ego. You mm -hmm. fooled yourself, all of those other things. Yet notwithstanding your crimes against God, God sent his son. Yeah to be gracious to you. Yeah. And so that's, you know, you're either going to simply receive everything that comes from his mm -hmm. hand, or you'll get nothing at all. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the message. Yeah. Yeah. I'm reminded of uh, a vision that Zechariah has, of uh, this, this vision where Satan is accusing Joshua high priest because he has all these filthy garments. And uh, I, I love it because in some sense, God should be like, yep, they're filthy, you know. But he doesn't. He says, all your sins are acquitted. Take, take off the filthy garments. Put on a brand new garments for him uh, right there. And he, was, and he was set free. And there's something just so um, humbling about uh, receiving the work that Christ has done on your behalf and just receiving that fresh garment, even though your whole life you've been dirtying your own. Yeah. You know, I got to think that this is a message young people need to hear today. Totally. Because you see so much uh, depression. You see so many people. Well, well ultimately many young people taking their lives. I think it's yeah. the number one cause of death for young people in North America. Like this is a message they need to hear, don't you think? Oh, for sure, yeah. And you know, it, it does come uh, in a sense to the whole um, internet age, social media age, where all this information is at our fingertips and you don't have to go to the library to find out new philosophies or whatever, it's all right there. So you're, you're getting all this abundance of information and, and really in a lot of ways, uh, a, a, a faith in, in God and in the Bible that wasn't really uh, firm and you didn't know the truth uh, really of how it was formed or whatever, that can really, like we talked about last, last week, uh, it can really be debunked really quickly uh, in a few articles, you know, in a kind of a simple mind. Um, and when you're at that place, you're like, okay, well, Christianity's not real and I'm struggling with all these different things and Islam isn't appealing and Buddhism isn't appealing and all these different things are appealing, then really where do you have to go? And what's really sad is that for a lot of a lot of people, Christianity falls into that group of just saying, "Well, it's I guess it's not true because the Discovery Channel told me it wasn't." Yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. what I really want to help, and you know, I love different apologetics ministries, and say, you know what? No, it's it's actually very reliable. If you look in the history, it's it's incredibly reliable. And I think there's something there that will help because it's true. A lot of young adults, whether it's depression, mental illness, whatever, they just feel like where else is there to go? 
Yeah. You know, and I go back to the five solas again, because they really are the fundamental things that we need to understand about our faith. And yet I question whether they're being taught effectively. I question the threats to them. And, and I think we've seen even over the last uh, generation or two threats that have sort of uh, watered down these truths. What are some of those threats, John? Uh, well, there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of water has passed under the bridge in the last 500 years. <laughs> and there's been a lot of movements that have fundamentally changed the nature of, of the Christian faith. I mean, I know that in the earlier part of the uh, 20th century, the advent of the Tübingen School, which is the advent of liberal theology, in which miracles were no longer believed, uh, in which it was believed that we could divide up the Bible so we no longer accepted the authorship of, let's say, Moses for the Pentateuch. I mean, it goes on and on and on, but slowly we were dismantling the Bible. Mm -hmm. And what we have out of that, of course, are uh, churches like the United Church and, and other mainline churches which began to major on other issues other than the central issue of Scripture. Uh, we're the inheritors of that, uh, but more so than that, there's also this, this sense in churches that unless I'm relevant to the needs of people, they're not going to listen to me. And so you get this sense of a lack of deep uh, uh, confidence that if I just teach this, man, it's just going to change people's lives. So th there's this erosion of confidence that's coming in this. And, and that's why I think we're standing at the precipice of the dark ages again. We need a new reformation, I do believe. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, you know, I've just been really intrigued even over the last year how much emphasis there has been from different groups about the Reformation, conferences, uh, articles, all these things uh, uh, coming out. Because this is a time that we really have to remind people uh, that this is where, uh, you know, the Word of God is so essential for us to understand. And it's really a new calling, isn't it, to the church? Or another, or a reminder, not a new calling, but a reminder to the church? I think the Reformers would have said, they're not starting a new movement. They're calling the church back to what it deserted yeah. so many years ago. I think there's a natural movement for the church always. We, we move towards darkness until suddenly we're just caught in this and how dark things have become, and then we're called mm -hmm. back into the light. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think if there's anything the Reformation does, it tells us it will be always the natural tendency to deny the truths of mm -hmm. Scripture. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what is the message we want to tell people about the Reformation? If, if you're dealing with young adults, millennials, uh, that have so, many, so much white noise around them, so many things that, are, that threaten or water down their faith, what is the message you would want them to hear? Well, firstly, in a very practical sense, I would encourage young adults and say that when you actually do historical work, looking at the Reformation, looking before, looking at the manuscripts, do, you can do that all over the internet. You can find all that stuff out you will be very, very encouraged. And I just want to say that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is that when you, uh, you know, believe in Scripture alone and you begin to read and study the Word, it will open to you a, a journey, a life that is it's just going to transform you incredibly. And also, as you guys were talking, the last thing I, I did want to say was the importance of prayer in all this. I think of uh, Lydia in Acts and uh, how it was, the sp it was God who really opened her to understand what was really being said, the truth. Think of the two, God two disciples, discouraged disciples walking to Emmaus, and it was Jesus himself coming, opening, to him the, uh, opening up to them the scriptures, and they were burning inside of them. And I think we need to pray for the Holy Spirit 
to, in a sense, awaken so many hearts to the hearing of God's word, and it would just burn inside of them. Yeah. John, what is the encouragement you'd like to offer or the, or the direction or the challenge uh, for this 500th year anniversary yeah. of the Reformation? Well, if I can take up uh, what Isaac was just talking about, I think we do need the Holy Spirit, but we're not looking to the Holy Spirit to give us a different message than the one that yeah. is there. Mm -hmm. But what the Holy Spirit does is he changes our hearts when we read this. Because yeah. when I read this book, man, it's just impactful. And it really, I think it really causes me to want to repent. Mm -hmm. But I won't want to repent because my own selfish ambition says that's the last thing I want. The Holy Spirit can help us to welcome what it yeah. is that we're reading. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. Changes our attitude towards the scripture itself. Yeah, great. Well, we're so grateful for the time you guys have spent here today and the opportunity to talk about the Reformation, its importance. We would really do encourage you to, to research more about the Reformation, but also more importantly, to engage yourself in the Word of God on a daily basis and allow the Spirit of God to interpret that to your hearts and to your lives. Thanks so much for being with us again today. We look forward to more episodes down the road. And, and if you'd like to ask your questions or ask us to discuss a certain topic, remember to go to backtothebible.ca and you can let us know that there. Thanks so much again and, and God bless. We hope you're enjoying the new Truth in Life Today show with Dr. John Newfeld. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode each week. But we want you to be involved in the show. To submit your own personal questions to Dr. John, you can email us at info at backtothebible.ca or find us on Facebook by searching Truth in Life Today.